You're listening to Manufacturing Ignition Hot Topics, bringing you right up to date on the latest trends and discussions within UK manufacturing. Sponsored by Bonfire Recruitment, helping manufacturing leaders across the UK to attract the best talent for their manufacturing company. Ignite your business or career today by visiting www.bonfirerecruitment.com. Here's your hosts, Terry Mallin and Scott Buchanan. Moving on to the manufacturing hot topic this week. For those listening for the first time, every week we discuss a specific hot topic on the industry. In the previous weeks, we've discussed autonomous cars, Industry 4.0, the update, and last week we did the food-to-go sector. Now it's a multi-billion, you know, multi-million pound business. It's only going to be growing. This week, Scott, what's the topic we're going to be covering? thought it was relevant. To, there's a lot of um, challenges at the moment within manufacturing, and I think it's very easy just to assume that all businesses have actually considered it. And um, so I think we'll look at actually the you know the, the, the man, you know challenges within manufacturing. I think that that's yeah yeah. So so the current uh, the current challenges yeah. today in manufacturing as we are sitting here in November 2017, and and with a I guess a, a short term view, not necessarily you know a long term view, but a certainly a short term view to the next you know six months, a year of actually what what's potentially happening because at the yeah. moment you know as you're fully aware and, and and most people within manufacturing, you know, manufacturing outperforms every other sector in exporting. Forty five percent of the UK export. Is is actually sorry forty five percent of the UK exports and the, almost sixty percent of that goes to the EU. <laughs> Do you know that way? So there's a bigger question in there about actually we're making all this stuff and the majority of it's going to the EU and now we're realising actually what how what is our relationship with the EU? And yeah, I, I think. And then I guess yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think. You know, uh, you know, even, even if we if we hit the the first nail in the head, Scott, with regards to Brex, because that's the that's the big one that's going up that, that everybody's aware of, because the impact of Brex and manufacturing, you know, can be very disruptive, obviously, to current business models and plans, and that could be from exactly as you just mentioned there, a supply chain side of it. You know, so that might that might be importing or or exporting. You know, there's a there's a massive impact in that. Secondly, as I'm very well aware, you know, is uh, the labour skills. Uh, and a lot of people that I've been discussing with over the last sort of three to four months who are European citizens working in the, the UK, are uh, they certainly have the concern and they're reviewing whether they stay in the UK, subject to what happens uh, but X, yeah. uh, and, and move yeah. back. I mean, that you know, well, exactly, exactly. I mean, give you an example, you know, down the southeast of England, um, a lot of, European labour is used within the fruit and veg or fresh produce industry. And with that, you know, at the end of the day, it's a very, and that's a very challenging environment to recruit people at the best of times. The, if a European workforce had, had, had to leave, then it's going to have a major impact. And that'll be, that'll be major, major impact on that sort of fresh produce, which is only going to impact the uh, the shelves and supermarkets, um, etc. And as, you know, so it's, it's very much to be aware of. And I know you, when you were mentioning a couple of Quotes there, Scott. So I know the so manufacturing. Uh, looking at it on on online at the minute, the the the, the CBI report. Forty five percent of the UK manufacturing. Sorry, forty five percent of exports comes from manufacturing, and over half of that is then supplied into the EU. So that supply chain is really important. 
It's scary. And just see tying in with your, your comment there around the you know the south southeast, I guess, is what, what you're saying, you know, where there's a massive um, you know, food food producing now. There's gonna be a bit of um engineering and a bit more heavier stuff there, but see that that actual um, manufacturing output to the UK economy on an annual basis, it, it's as much as um it's forty eight percent of the UK total, it's, it's nineteen billion. Wow. That's a, that's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. <laughs> So, you know, the, those companies have all been fighting, not fighting, you know, but they've been in, in, in trying to attract the best talent for their organisations, you know, in that part of the world. Um, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the, these people will be wondering, well, actually, you know, we, we, we might want to review whether, you know, we should we stay here. Now, I don't know what your honest thoughts are, Ted. My, my personal view is I think there will actually be an element of flux, I guess, but I do believe that, 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 that there's probably no reason for the majority of these people to actually um, to really, you know, to, to up and leave just now because I think... Yeah, I, I hope so. The I, impact of the UK economy is too, too it's massive. They're not going to let it happen. Can't yeah, yeah I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, you know, I mean, that would be the, the, the worst case scenario that, that people do leave and I hope that's not the case. But... You know, it's, it's prudent for manufacturing leaders to be seriously thinking about this and actually having some sort of contingency plan in place as well. You know, even as, as I was touching on, Scott, you know, the food manufacturing, it's not just about the sort of labour side of it. We, we look at exports, uh, there's a possible implication of tariffs between an EU single market in the UK, yeah, and uh, which could massively increase costs for manufacturers. So talking about food manufacturers specifically, they could face an average EU tariff of 22.3% against the current 2.3% for non-food products. Okay, so it's not just all about factoring in the, the labour side. It's actually there's going to be possible implications. Now, there'll be positive implications and there'll be negative implications. And it's actually weighing that up. But the bottom line is, though, that, that there's a potential additional cost in there, and these companies, um, especially in you know in the food sector, um, the margins are are quite tight. And actually, if you're making, I don't know, you'll know better than I do. Tell if you're making a hundred thousand cakes, do you know that way? You know, you put the cost of sugar up by two pence or five pence because of a tax, you know, versus the volume that's actually getting used. You know, yeah. it's it's you know, and it won't be just one part of the ingredient. I'm sure it'll be plenty others, and it'll all soon add up. And if the cost of labour <laughs> is having to increase as well, you know, um, there's a whole other argument there. Therein lies another question, Terry, as well. Um, the reason that the UK is heavily relying on labour from further, further afield um, is because that the you know UK nationals haven't really wanted to to graft away and doing, I guess, less challenging roles. Do you know that way? So, do you think? the UK labour market is maybe more evolved now? Do you think that there is potential that, that there's potentially schemes that would allow um, individuals to go in and, and take some of these jobs back? If the, you know, if, 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 I don't mean that, that we're taking jobs off anyone that's in a present role, but if, if people leave their jobs and there's vacancies, would, you know, would, would there be a pool of individuals in the UK to, 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 to fall into that? Or is it a case of um, whereby this you know, industry 4.0 is actually very relevant yeah. by actually a bit of, of forward thinking and a bit of investment is the way to do it. I think that's two very valid points, Scott. I think the first point is a, is a different topic in its own, but, you know, as we previously, industry 4.0 definitely highlights actually where this could be hugely beneficial 
for minimising risk and disruption for business leaders within manufacturing, 100%. Um, and then, so, so that's the exports, you know, and if we're looking at a lot of innovation in R&D is supported by Europe, you know, and I know a lot of EU funding is, is supplied to R&D and manufacturing has, you know, manufacturing R&D accounted for 67% of the total UK R&D expenditure, and that was 2014, so I'm slightly out of date. But it gives you an idea of how hugely and highly exposed the manufacturing R and D is, and, and any changes to any funding schemes is going to have a major impact. So that has to be considered. And that's that's good to be. You know, it's one of the issues that might affect manufacturing. Do you remember when you know there was companies that you know it used to be, especially within manufacturing, you had an R and D stroke design focused team that then would work closely with the manufacturing, you know, on site team or on site within the UK team, um, to develop the product, and, and it all kind of works succinctly together. What happened about what maybe eight years ago? It certainly in my career was that plenty of organisations were tempted over to China and other parts of the world. Um, to to do the manufacturing piece, and some actually fully shut down and ran away, um, and others actually kept some form of presence. Um, and, and what has actually happened, um, which is relevant to this, is that that a lot of manufacturing still does happen in, in China, but the, the quality standards and actually the the, the unidentified costs um, that were involved. Um, it was actually more prudent to, to, to keep things in the UK. And they've actually got formal design teams, you know, in, in the UK of, of these companies. But these companies, um, they, they, they need, um, as an element, well, there's an incentive as well for these companies to actually do that. And there's a government incentive. And there's actually companies, I, I've, I'm aware of, of people actually work in the sector that, that they work with manufacturing companies and happy to, to help anyone that's that's found themselves not got this tax rebate, but there's actually companies in the basis that have been R&D work done that they can actually, you know, they, they, they can literally go through the process to claim that back. And it's, it's exactly the volume of, of numbers you're talking about, Terry. So I wonder if, you know, again, tying in with this EU piece, will the UK government, you know, do a similar scheme? And, and, and what will that actually mean to manufacturing? Because at the end of the day, if we're not leading the way from a, a design perspective, then it's cheaper to make stuff elsewhere, probably, to the what quality standards. That's, there's, a, there's, a, probably a, there's, a, there's a big question mark on that. Um, but, but the world's changing. So, so what, what do you think, Terry? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Scott. I think it's a valid point because what we are looking at is the effect that funding was taken away or whatever, but what we really need to be thinking about is the positive side of what the UK government would do in, in return and make sure that if that's not equal value, if it's not more, because we should be embracing any R&D and actually uh, and, and, and really, be, really establishing the UK as a leader not only within manufacturing products, but actually innovation and developing new products uh, and exporting that to a global market. And that will position UK manufacturing once again at the forefront of, of the global scale. And then, and then going on to the, the, the last point on, our, uh, on this is uh, obviously, you know, the addressing the skills crisis. Scott, you probably know more about that. As in that we, we need more skills. Uh, certainly, I, I could, uh, you know, I think one of the, the challenges that, that, that all businesses have is attracting um, talent. And I believe that within, as, the, as it's known in the, in the world now, it's STEM skills, you know, such as science, technology, engineering and mathematics, apparently. You know, half of the businesses in the, the manufacturing sector 
Um, that's 50, in fact, over half the businesses, 55% are not confident of finding people with higher level skills in these areas, which is, I mean, that's... Okay. I mean, you know, literally, you know, people with science, technology, engineering or mathematics skills, there's, a, you know, 55% of manufacturing companies in the UK are, are worried that, that they'll actually not be able to attract that. I don't know what uh, you, you've seen from any of the, the programmes that you've done or any of the, uh, I mean, that from, you know, graduate programmes and, you know, developing companies, but that's quite a start. Yeah, yeah, but I think things are getting done with that in the background. Maybe not in the scale that, that would be essential, but there's definitely stuff going on. There's a, I've been invited to a couple of STEM events where basically what you would do is um, go into schools and, you know, for, for me specifically, it'd be sitting in a high school uh, uh, a fair or whatever it is but actually giving careers advice and it's genuine these people are interested in STEM careers and I've actually got I think three or four pencils in the diary for the next two months so I, I mean that's small stuff but actually in the big wider scale of more people getting involved in that there's more people exposed to the opportunities within uh, manufacturing and engineering and, 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 and that should should help going forward I think you know uh, I think, you know, when I was at school, the big thing was you become a lawyer, you become a doctor, and then when the real, realisation is that you maybe don't really want to do that, then you actually try and work out what's probably the best career for you. And you're probably doing your, you know, starting to do your, your um, A-levels or, or hires, whatever uh, that might be. And then you pick a, a topic that sounds of interest for university, yeah. uh, you know, and then it's kind of driven about, you know, socially, you know, what, what you see socially acceptable. And, and you kind of, you know, so I think if that, there's more of a push in the basis of giving, and specifically people at school, more information, as much information as possible, as much exposure to what manufacturing does. And that might be something we can do in future, Scott. We might actually, you know, with the manufacturing companies we do, you know, we could do a video about them. I remember watching BBC and they were doing the, Inside the factory, I mean, we could probably do something really good in future about that. Recruitment out to the masses at, at an early stage, so we can get the, the apprentices, the, the recruitment apprentices coming through as well. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but I. Uh, but at the end of the day, so uh, it's uh you know, it's good ideas. So, uh, Scott, I'm just cautious of time, but I think that was really useful. Um, that hot topic, it was quite interesting actually. So, you know, the key things is is Britex exports innovation and then finally a skills crisis so that was four good points I think we made there very much so and I think it's important factors that are going to kick in and, and will probably evolve so we'll we'll probably revisit that maybe second quarter of next year I guess to, to see how yeah. things are evolving because um, the landscape is, is doing that Thanks for listening to the Manufacturing Ignition podcast. If you've made it this far, we take it that you enjoyed the show. In return, we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Subscribe while you're there and we'll catch you for the next episode.